everyone. Welcome to the Sky and Pancake Podcast. I'm Jason Ackerman. Happy end. God, I can't speak today. Man, happy Independence Day, my little pancakes. Hope you had a great week. Shout out to all the elected officials that listen. I know there's a bunch. Maybe the president. Maybe the vice president. Maybe the former president. All big listeners. Anyway, this week we had Rob Clement of Mashurna. Uh He's going to be opening the first, not the first, but a Jewish-style deli um, right next to the Jewish cemetery, which is going to be perfect. And super excited for him to do that. He's been doing pop-ups all over town and been a big hit. He's also multi-time guest of the pod. Always a good time um, when he comes on. Great conversations. So I hope you enjoy and uh, have a great week. All right, you ready? Yeah, I'm always ready. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sky and Pancake Podcast. I'm Jason Ackerman. And I'm Rob Clement. Oh, he's back, baby. This is like Three your times. fifth. Out- you're, you're about to get like the golden watch. The Sky and Pancake I- golden watch. If I can't get three pugs, then I'll get uh, three appearances on the podcast. Uh, welcome back. A lot of some things have changed since last time we you were on here. Um, we'll get to your new restaurant concept, but first, we have to talk about Lazy Bear. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm so glad. That's a, <laughs> I'm so I didn't glad. tell you what we were going to talk about, um, but yeah, so... Lazy Bear in San Francisco. You went. When did you go? Like two years ago. So it was actually the last thing we did before COVID. It was like we went to San Francisco February of 2020. I came back and had either the flu or COVID. I don't know what it was. <laughs> was out of work until two days before the shutdown happened. So it was literally like the last thing I did before the world changed. Um, <laughs> so. You're like you you went and then you went back like two days later, right? Uh yeah, yeah. Actually, we went for the full tasting menu, and then I was so like into it. They had the den upstairs where you could come and get there like kind of way more casual, but you kind of just sit in this like bird's eye view and watch other people eat the tasting menu while you're just eating and drinking. And yeah, I would if it was here, I would probably be there once a week. It was uh, I I loved everything about it. Okay, so explain to people what Lazy Bear is, and then why yeah. you liked it so much. So so Lazy Bear is a fine dining concept. I believe well, they have two Michelin stars. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And it's in San Francisco. It's in the Mission District. So it's kind of in this really nondescript property. Um, and you go in, and they've kind of made this space that looks like this like den lodge kind of yeah. like in the middle of the woods, like really bizarre. Lots of you plants. Got, yeah, like um, lots of like weird like log cabin kind of motif going on. A yeah. um, bunch of little bear figurines all over the place. Yeah. They really go full steam ahead into the bear, <laughs> the bear vibe. Um, <laughs> and uh, no, no live bears, though. No live bears, unfortunately. Um, so the the cool thing about it is, I don't know what it's like now, but when I went, it was um, two long tables. Probably, I think it was about, had to be 18 to 20 people at both tables. And then, but they like line up right into the kitchen. So you have a small, like produ- like a service kitchen. And then in the back, they have a prep kitchen, I believe. Um, but they basically cook everything right there in front of you. And the cool thing is, 
so similar like what Sam does with counter in the sense of you can actually see everything going on and they talk about every dish as it's coming to you. Um, it's similar like that, but at the other side of it is you, they actually encourage you to like come up to the kitchen and talk to them while they're cooking and while they're producing things and ask questions. So, you know, this is, this was, they Googled us, I guess, when we went, cause they do, that's what these Michelin star places Google everybody. So they figured out that I worked in restaurants and they put us in like the front seat and I was sitting next to a chef from Napa and the two of us were like in the front two seats and like I was geeking out the entire time, like watching everything they did, trying to see if like the subtle like getting pissed at a line cook for not doing something right. And it was ha- like it was just it was awesome. It was just such a such a cool like immersive experience. But then on top of it, like the food is insane. Um, that bread and butter I think that's like the first thing you get, right? Is the bread and butter. It's been uh, like two years for us, so I don't. Ours wasn't the first. It was like kind of in the middle. Yeah. Because we, so, we were already like. Somewhere. Oh, that's right. So, so up. So that's the other. I left that part. So there's the den upstairs. Um, when you come in for traditional service, they put you. We were in the first seating, so um, we go directly upstairs. They gave us like a welcome, like glass of wine they ask you what pairing you want to do if you want to they have a cocktail pairing a non-alcoholic drink pairing and then a wine pairing um we opted to get some a la carte alcoholic beverages and then i got the non-alcoholic pairing to go with it um and you have a couple like small bites snacks i think they had an oyster they gave us up there um and every single dish they have such a story behind it they talk about where the ingredients come from who they come from um, how the process works, where the inspiration comes from. They even go as far as to tell which cook kind of came up with the concept that they then as a restaurant kind of fine-tuned and took it to another level. And then they have different cooks introduce different courses that you get throughout the, the meal too. So um, they bring you down after the first couple snacks, you take your seats, they they drop maybe one or two more plates. Then I think, yeah, they do that, that bread and butter, which they do this cultured butter that's like, the lazy bear butter and could literally i think when you posted about it i said i would use it as lip gloss and uh and hand cream yeah the culture has been around i think for like eight years or nine years yeah and and i said i so i put i reposted your picture and said that and they reached out they're like who's stopping you (laughs) (laughs) like they're what i loved about them is like they have no problem like they know they're doing a damn good job and it's pretty obvious that like they're cool with like being like yeah this what we do is awesome like this is a cool place to be um even like the drink program um goodness i know his instagram handle is like bar ace something like that um he was running the beverage program when i was there and like they had there was like a mushroom tea that they did that was like it didn't get us like tripping or anything but like it was it was crazy um and then I remember, like, I don't know if you remember from my time at Porter's, like, I love sunchokes, right? You're so a sunchoke man. I'm a sunchoke fiend. They did this. I remember they had this sunchoke fondue they made that was literally the craziest thing. It just, like, it tasted like cheese, and it wasn't cheese. I don't, I don't even know. They're doing things that, like... They do food in a way that's like super approachable, but at the same time, super nuanced and like 
it's a very unique type of dining where it's like Frankie, my wife is not super uh, obsessed with like the soup, like the Uber fine dining. But like, even she was like, this is really cool. Cause like they, they, they find this like really great middle ground to where it's not so far over the top that like everybody can't love it. Um, which is awesome. I, I think it's very unique. Um, I'd say it's still, I think it's the best meal I've ever had. Um, and then when we went back to the upstairs thing at the den, like that was a whole different kind of thing. Like I, they did like, uh, there was like sandwiches and burgers and pimento cheese and all this weird stuff um, that they use the same like really high end ingredients, but they figure out how to make it very approachable, almost like bar food in a lot of ways. Um, but you're still up there having like really nice wine, really great cocktails. And then this really approachable, like not cheap, but, but very approachable food. Um, and you know, that's, that's kind of my thing when I find these like fine dining and like Michelin starred places. Like when I went to Chicago, um, there's, was it the Smith has mm-hmm. like their like version of that where they have like a bar where they do, um, I forget what the name of it is. Um, like those kind of places that have that like secondary option to eat food that's not like the tasting menu and has like the like the really approachable like that's the stuff I I just I can't get enough of that kind of stuff like if you can just make a really great sandwich right ooh weird segue like to to make like a really great sandwich with uh with like fine dining technique is like the coolest thing to me so yeah yeah they did they did do a lot of flavors that they were trying to replicate like they did a forgot the dessert but it was like we wanted it to taste like a s'more or like Mm -hmm. fruity pebbles it might have been fruity pebbles or something like that where it's like something you you know but then you're like oh this is like a different take and like you said approachable yeah for for the non like it's it's a good like if you're gonna go to the michelin guide and you like maybe you shouldn't it's a, it's a good like segue to like some other ones that are a little bit more out there that you're like I it's hard for me to I don't even know what understand. I'm eating right now. <laughs> this is yeah. better. Yeah, it was different because California was still in COVID protocol, so we didn't have the shared thing. Mm-hmm. We were in our own little booth outside. They built like this whole outside thing, so we didn't get as much of the interaction. Yeah. But I'm sure that but I walked inside and I saw the tables. They had basically taken those huge tables and turned them into like four people could sit at it now. <laughs> and the the, co- the cool thing was so through COVID, I think like, you know, I was paying attention to what a lot of places did. One of the cooler things, they did one of the they did um what did they call it? The um Oh goodness. The camp provi- is like a camp. Yeah, they camp did a bunch provisions. of takeout, didn't they? Yeah, they did these crazy takeout meals. Um and they did like provisions where they'd like take like their ferments and things like that. And they were just selling them. Um, they had all their, like their wine list. And I'm not like, I'm not a huge wine drinker. I don't, I don't know wine like that, but I can tell when a wine list is very thought out. Like they had these unbelievable bottles of wine for sale. Um, and when I say unbelievable, I mean in price. So I imagine they're good. Um, (laughs) and then like their meals were like these very, Kind of like what Alinea was doing with their take-home meals is the same in the same vein of like these things you would never think 
to get from that kind of restaurant that are like it's like home cooking taken to like a a super extreme level and it was it was really cool to watch um like i was paying attention through their instagram through like the whole quarantine like wow this is crazy i wish i was there because nobody's doing that kind of take-home food here Uh, (laughs) yeah if i lived in chicago and when alinea was doing that i would have got that once a week and it would have been they they some places like that really pivoted very well during covid Mm -hmm. crushed it so who are the other um instagram what who are the people on instagram you're following now that you like like around the country or here locally both both so i'd say around the country it's funny because i just so we're we're going out we're going to new york and to um rhode island and massachusetts next week um, and we're doing a lot of eating uh, when we go. And I was just scrolling through everywhere I'm going. Like, um, but Jeremy Fox in California, he's in LA. He's a place called Birdie G's. He ra- wrote that ve- uh, book on vegetables. Um, what he does is insane. Like some of the food he comes up with. Um, for me, it's always the people who talk about not only they don't just post a picture about the food, but they talk about like the, the reason they're making a dish. Right. So like the inspiration behind it. And then when you hear that and then they talk about the ingredients, um, you know, that's what does it for me. So like, I've always been into like, uh, Dan Barber's Instagram is always cool. Cause it's just super like sciencey nerdy food stuff. But Jeremy Fox is like a new thing. Um, there's a guy, it's called, um, oh goodness, fish fish butchery. He's in he's in Australia. Um, Mer, Merland is his Instagram. I'm gonna find it right now. Um, the fish butchery thing. It's it's the craziest thing on on the internet. I think, um, which is saying a lot. Um, <laughs> I highly doubt that. <laughs> in food. <laughs> um, so, but he does, he's in Australia and he does like whole fish butchery. Um, and here it's, uh, it's at, it's Josh Nyland. Um, Mr. Nyland, I, I'm calling Merlin. Um, Mr. Nyland is what it's, what his Instagram handle is. Um, and it's, he does whole fish butchery and he does the craziest stuff um, where they're making desserts. Like they had something, they did a custard, uh, it was a it was a custard tart with a sardine garum caramel and like some of these things are things that like i would eat and i know most people would be like what like i don't want a sardine dessert but the fact that people figure out how to do something that you would assume it tastes good enough if you're going to post about it and serve it in your restaurant it's probably delicious um especially when you're you know you're, he's on like Gordon Ramsay, that what is it? Uh, the Master Chef Australia. Like he's one of the. He's. I saw a video that he did where he um, made like a porchetta, but out of fish. Like he took a whole fish, um, turned part of it into sausage, um, turned part of it into a stock and a sauce, and then took like the belly and ra- like rolled the sausage, the fish sausage, back into the fish. Took the skin wrapped that around it and got it really crispy and made like porchetta out of fish 
it was a crazy like it's just crazy the stuff that these these chefs come up with makes me feel like i'm not like this is i tell people don't call me chef and it's because i'm not i don't do what these people do like it's a different like it's like the difference between flag football and the nfl um (laughs) it's it's insane and then you got like um on top of that there's like amanda cohen like dirt candy we're actually going to eat there um and that's like a vegetable focused menu i think that's the big thing for me it's it's vegetables are like what i'm really into right now seeing what people are doing with vegetables um you know that's kind of in a lot of ways where food is going um so seeing that stuff is is very inspiring for me um and seeing how people can get really creative with just vegetables um it's it's really awesome uh locally i love what what greg um and lee and louise do the way they talk about their food that's always great to see um and then just for like fun fun stuff like it's cool to see what sam's doing at counter when he posts about their stuff and like when he he starts showing how he's cooking a sauce for eight days for no reason just because he can that's fun um but i i think locally i don't know i love i mean if you go if you go watch our hospitality game changer series you'll see all the people i love um <laughs> shameless plug um yeah leave but, the plugs for the end yeah well you know you know me that's what i'm all about plugging myself Somebody so <laughs> so when you're going so you're you're opening up a jewish deli we'll get to that yeah you, you just mentioned an r&d tour so like yeah. what are the places you're going to yeah so so from the jewish perspective um you know we're going we're breaking it up into a couple different uh trips or like days so like there's a lower east side day which is i told frankie last night like prepare yourself this is going to be the worst day of your life because we're going to like 13 places in a day like it's gonna be nuts um you so there's like uh you got katz's you got russ and daughters you got uh yona schimmel which does knishes You've got um, B&H Dairy is on, on in that general area. You got Veselka is near there. Um, it's not far from like Bread's Bakery isn't too far. Um, there's there's also like on the Upper West Side we're doing a day where we're going to like H&H Bagels, Zabar's, and Barney Greengrass to make a nice smoked fish and bagel platter to take to Central Park to do like a little breakfast in the park, be all romantic and whatnot and smell like smoked fish. Um, the, the Barney Greengrass, if you, if people don't know, it's, they call themselves the Sturgeon King. So, so um, and then there's, um, there's up in the Upper East Side, you've got uh, Second Avenue Deli, you've got the Pastrami Queen, um, those are both kosher establishments. Um, and with us doing what we're doing, it's pretty cool to like see these pastrami institutions that have been around forever. Um, and then additionally, there's like Sedell's, which is in, I think, Noho or Soho, one of the two. Um, I love, I've been there before. It's awesome. Um, it's been like six years since we've been to New York. So, you know, it's more honestly as much as it's about the food it's a lot about like getting dialing in the vibe for what we're trying to go for with the restaurant um because as much as we're in charlotte and when we're opening it and again we can get into this more 
later like we really want it to be reminiscent and like bring back these like nostalgic memories from like the classic like new york institutions um so then we're gonna try and do a day in brooklyn and hit a bunch of spots there um if we have time there's also i've been reading about um so i'm very into right now the non-ashkenazi jewish food so like the not eastern european bagels and lox and gefilte fish and matzo ball soup i'm into like learning about the rest of judaism um so there's like a bukarian jewish neighborhood in queens um i think it's i think it's i might be pronouncing it wrong i think it's reno, reno park um and it's like a street of kosher basically turkish and that that part of the re- the world like turkey and the surrounding countries and there's a bunch of kosher restaurants there's like two dozen kosher restaurants on this one street and i've di- i've gone to new york since i was a little kid i've never been to that neighborhood i had no idea that that was a thing i've talked to a bunch of people who live in new york who are like what are you talking about and like people just don't associate that with jewish food and i think that's like one of the cool things about what we're trying to do is like there's a whole world of Jewish food that we don't even know about yet. So, so it's pretty exciting. And then we're going to hit up like every bagel place to try and we're, we're, we're going into the bagels. So we're trying to figure out exactly what we want to do. Cause I've made them before, but trying to put our own signature on them to figure out how to make a Mars, um, is daunting to say the least. <laughs> yeah. That's what you're going to be judged by. I know that's why, but I mean, at the same token, if we opened a Jewish deli that's open on the weekends for brunch and didn't have bagels, who would come, I guess, <laughs> is the way I look at it. And then and then also it's like, you know, there's places that do bagels and there's good bagels, but it's pretty unanimous that nobody's like, oh, this is the place you go for bagels. Like, You've got an opportunity. Yeah, there's a, there's a – the same way there's an opportunity to be a great Jewish deli here – you know, we're going to try and be the great bagel place too. And, you know, maybe that turns into its own thing down the road. And that's kind of the goal is do bagels on a smaller basis in the deli and then eventually branch out and do bagels full time as well. So you kind of alluded to this, but like, Mm -hmm. what do you think of as a Jewish deli? Yeah. So, so I grew up going to, um, in Miami, a place called the Rascal House. And oh, yeah. They, they have, like, there's a chain. So, right? well, so they had three places. It was Wolfie Cohen's. So they had Wolfie's, the Rascal House, and they had a place called Pumpernick's, which was, like, a mini chain. Yeah. Um, all owned by the same family. All gone. Like, they're all gone now. Oh, really? Um, I went yeah. there. I remember going there. My my fa- think, my friend was, like, his family all grew up in Miami, and I went there for, like, a week, and we went there, like, three times. Yeah, I think it's, like, the early 2000s they closed the last one, I think early mid 2000s yeah. um maybe, i don't know exactly when but like i i used to go there literally every time so we lived in tampa funny fact david barzillay the chef at lazy bear also from tampa so who knows who knew tampa created all there's these, a bunch uh, of like southern people at lazy bear yeah uh sam who's from uh from charlotte or lived in charlotte for a while is there working uh I, I believe she's still there working in pastry um well this one lady was like She's like, yeah, because we told them we're from Charlotte. And they're like, a lot of people here from the South, like, mm-hmm. I'm from the South. I was like, where are you from? And she's like, Houston. I'm like, that's not. That's, that's Texas. Yeah. <laughs> that's different South. That's, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Even South. Florida. Florida's like yeah, a little. Florida's not really the South. 
Um, but yeah, we we used to go there all the time. My grandparents all lived in Miami. My parents are from Miami Beach. Um, we we would go there every time I went down there, and like it was like the classic like what you expect from a deli, like the like huge stack sandwiches, bowl of pickles, bowl of rolls, um, you know, a big pastry case with all this crazy like cookies and pastries and black and white cookies are always a thing. The pickles were always a thing. Knishes, matzo ball soup, everything. Um, and so we're not opening that kind of place that has like a bunch of banquettes and looks like it's out of 1930. Like we're not opening that. So what we're trying, when I think of a deli, it's really, you know, more than anything, a Jewish deli is a like a community thing, right? It's like the place you go. Um, if you're Jewish or even if you're not Jewish and live in a city that has a bunch of Jews in it, it's like a place where people go for business meetings, a place where people go for birthdays, when family's in town, when you just like you have a bunch of people and you don't want to feed them yourself, you take them to the deli. Um, when people die, you go there afterwards. After the funeral, you end up there. Um, it's just one of those communal places. And, you know, they're really while there's people who've been doing Jewish food in some vein here for years, nobody's really created that place that's like like a, a meeting place for Jews. Um, no, that just really hasn't existed in Charlotte from what I hear. I mean, you've been here forever. Like that place doesn't really exist. Yeah. Right? I mean, you've got, I would say Phil's deli was yeah. like the closest thing. Yeah. I'd always go to Phil's and then like there's Lieberman's, but that's yeah, But then kosher. they don't have the deli anymore Yeah. because now they're just a store and then you have Katz's and like, they all do a good job. The one thing that's different though, um, is to me, those really great ones, they do everything themselves, right? Yeah, the, I mean, these... The food... And the places here generally get the stuff from New York, bring it in, heat it up, and, yeah. and make it. And I could be wrong about some of that, and I apologize to those places. But, I mean, to the best of my knowledge, nobody's making pastrami from scratch and corned beef from scratch and tongue. Like, no one's pickling tongue. No one's making challah every Friday. Like, no one's making matzo ball soup every day from scratch. Um cooking chicken feet and bones and rendering schmaltz like nobody's doing that here even though like the roots of jewish cuisine really correlate a lot to southern cuisine in terms of like it's like waste nothing use everything preserve things as much as you can like that's like the basic principles of jewish food because it's i mean ultimately when when we started we were mostly poor um wasn't well, that every that's yeah yeah i mean every food the really good stuff is poor people generally make the good stuff because they figure out how to use everything and make it delicious with little to no means and then it's funny you see you know people people know that like oysters and lobsters used to be like trash and now it's like the thing everyone craves and now same thing you like think of brisket like brisket used to be this cut that no one wanted to use because it took forever to cook and now it's like one of the most expensive cuts of beef and people don't want to use it because it's just too expensive. Um, and so it's, I think that's the the cool part is there's a lot of, there's a lot of things like when I talk to farms, like when I call and say, Hey, can I get like 30 pounds of chicken feet? They're like, yeah, please. Or when I say, can I get, um, can I buy all your beef tongues? They're like, sure. 
Like people are like we're looking for stuff that nobody else is trying to get now, which is pretty cool. Um, I mean, there's a few people here and there doing these things, but it's fun to like realize that there's an opportunity to like use all these ingredients that are great that aren't seen in every restaurant in town. Like we're not going to have pork belly on the menu. Like we're not going to have shrimp and grits on the menu. Um, you know, and those things can be delicious, but it's just, we, we get to do something that's a little bit more unique than, you know, we're not, we're not opening another pokey place. (laughs) So what, so what are you most excited for as far as like the dishes? Um, so like I mentioned the vegetables, randomly we started i started trying to make a vegan reuben and so you had matt on the show right from fresh list of course yeah yeah so matt kind of is in a in a in a roundabout way without matt mishugana doesn't exist because he he told me about the first pop-up opportunity at free range before we even had a concept or anything like that um and so like in in thinking about as we started growing i was like man like i don't have anything vegan on the menu this is weird like how do i figure out something vegan and so one of the things we're doing that's different is we're going to be kosher style which means we're just not going to mix meat and dairy in anything we'll have both meat and dairy items available every day but we're not going to have any dish that has both um and it while it does nothing for people who are actually kosher it's more of a just out of respect for where the food comes from and trying to be as authentic as you can, even though knowing that we're going to take things to a weird place that is not normal in Jewish food. Um, so that with that being said, like we were people kept asking, are you going to have a Reuben? Are you going to have a Reuben? I was like, no, we're not like we're never going to do a Reuben. We're just we're not putting cheese on pastrami. My grandmother told me at a very young age, you don't eat cheese and mayonnaise on pastrami. You'll never do that in my house. <laughs> so. Um, and I'm not, I'm not going to open a restaurant and do it. Like it's just not happening. Um, so we're trying to figure out how to like appease the people who want Rubens. I was like, well, why don't we just make it vegan? And I actually remember seeing something, I think it was Renee Redzepi when they were in Mexico, uh, for that Noma pop-up, they did like the El Pastor with celery root. And so when I saw that, this was years ago, I saw this and in my head, I was like, that's weird you can make meat out of celery root and like traditionally in restaurants you mostly just see people turn celery root into purees like everywhere i've ever worked i feel like there was a celery root puree um including places i was running and making the menu for um and so i just tried it one day to turn it into pastrami and it worked and we fine-tuned it to where now it's like it's very simple for us to do it if you eat meat, it doesn't taste like pastrami. But if, from what I've heard from people who don't eat meat, um, it's the closest thing to pastrami that they've had since they stopped eating meat. Um, and the cool thing is, like, me eating it, I'm like, this is just delicious. So we've we've been making this vegan pastrami. Um, we make we do a Reuben with it, and then at our last pop up, we just did pastrami and eggs with it. Um, where we used that product, Just Eggs, which like Jose Andres was hawking and saying it was great. And I figured if Jose Andres says it's good, then it's probably good. So um, I talked to some people who I know who don't eat eggs and they're like, yeah, it's actually really good. We tried it and it was, I mean, it was killer. And we sold out of those on Wednesday 
So I think it's a good sign. And then also like curing and smoking our own fish is really cool. I love that. Obviously I'm excited about the bagels. I'm excited about everything uh, Hannah's doing with the pastry program. Um, so are you going to do like a Russ and daughter scene where you have seven different types of lots? Uh, I, I'm at a loss for words. Um, it's a yes be, or no question. Well, it's not really a <laughs> yes or no question. Be, I am not at liberty to discuss future projects. How's that? <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> oh, mysterious. Yeah. Um, let's just say that there will be a day where we do something that is reminiscent of of that. Russ and Daughters is like top four places yeah. in the world. Yeah. As far as food for me. Uh, it's it's I just so in the trip where I was looking, we were gonna go to the cafe because I've never been to the cafe. And I guess they're still not doing like actual eating there. I've it's been just to the cafe. Away. It's good. But like the original one in the lower yeah. east side is and it's awesome how it's right next to Katz's, right? It's yeah, like literally, right there. Literally. And that's so it's uh, like something to me it's like we're going to do – so when we open Meshuggah, we're going to do a little bit of everything, but we can't do everything, right? We can't do everything full steam ahead. Um, so what I – in my mind, when I say future projects, like I don't want – Meshuggah's Meshuggah, so, I mean, you know what it means. It's going to be exactly that. It's going to be whatever we want, whenever we want. It's non-issue. It means crazy. Yeah, it just means like – it's crazy. like just it's me to a t um <laughs> but like we look at it as like there's an opportunity like you look at new york and like we talked about the lower east side you have um katz's which is like known for pastrami and deli meats then right down the street you have russ and daughters which is smoked fish and bagels then right down the street is yona shimmel that just does knishes and that's all they do and these places have all been around for like a hundred years right next to each other um sustaining and obviously new york is a huge city with a ton of jewish people but like if you go and took a poll of the people who wait in line for those places i would bet you half of them aren't aren't even jewish oh yeah it's it's a cultural thing it's a new york thing and it's a new york thing it's like and it's a delicious food thing right bagels are like that's what you get for breakfast whereas like here it's biscuits like that's mm -hmm. or like tacos and certain other places in the country but like new york it's like they do like rolls too, but like on a Sunday morning, like bagels and lots is. I mean, every every bagel shop that's worth anything in New York has a line, for a reason, right? Yeah. It's it's like you can't you can't fade it. The rest and daughters, I've never been there and waited less than like thirty minutes. Yeah, so we're we're gonna, you know, we Are we twenty four seven like cats is or no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a good thing Frankie can't hear you right now. She'd be like, what did he just say? Um, no, we will not be 24-7. Um, not even close. We're, we're actually just going to do breakfast and lunch. We're not doing dinner. Um, part of that is, you know. Well, that's and, a typical deli. Well, yeah, and it's also like, you know, with all all the, like, staffing stuff and things like that, like, it's a, you know, it's another benefit that we can offer that people can not work at night and be home with their families. Um, and that's, personally, that's a big deal to me with my kids to be able to be home. You know, I don't think my my uh, partner in crime would have signed off on all what we're doing if if I told her I was going to be away from home every night, seven days a week. I don't think she'd sign up for that. But when I when my restaurant closes at three, there's no reason for me to not be home for dinner and bedtime every night. So 
um, you know, it creates a better life for us outside of the restaurant. And, you know, we're doing food that matters to us, which is pretty important for for me at this point in my career. It's like I've cooked a lot of food I didn't really care about. Um, it just was what the food was um, where I was working. And now it's like food that's like it's part of like my upbringing and my culture. And like there's more. I don't know. It's it means a lot more to me and it means a lot more to the people who are eating it. So it's pretty cool. Are you going to do the hot pastrami? Oh, yeah. yeah, we're doing it. I mean, that's how we do it now. The only reason, I mean, at the first couple pop-ups, I was slicing it to order and it was just a train wreck because I'm like setting up a table and like, yeah. it was just, oh, awful. That's gonna be, like it was just, it was just a hot best. mess, but we're doing it. Literally we've got it set up so that we're going to, our kitchen, like I just finished the kitchen design and it's set up so that we have a pastrami station that their whole job is just to cut pastrami and make so sandwiches. You've never been to like, I've only had it at Katz's and it lingers in LA, mm-hmm. the hot pastrami. It's the yeah. best. It's the best and thing going. It's the best thing in the world. And if you've never been, and next time you go to New York, you should go to Katz's because it's it's most famous for the When Harry Met Sally and yeah. she has the I'll fake orgasm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's in Katz's Deli. <laughs> but Maybe that's what we should call the pastrami sandwich. I'll have what she's having. <laughs> you go. Name. Great. Yeah. Done. Boom. Um, yeah. It's so good. Yeah, I, I think it's and it's also so so tying into like that whole thing about like Jewish food and Southern culture and how those things kind of correlate with each other. I think, you know, barbecue culture, like you think about um, like uh, why am I having a t- t- Franklin barbecue? Right. That's kind of what they're doing. It's not pastrami, but like you come in the line, you and you they you slice what you meat, want and they order, you tell them where so you good. want it from and they're doing it. And like. So we have an opportunity, like maybe it won't be exactly like that because we're going to offer a lot more food. Um, we're not just doing like six things, um, but like to create that kind of that that unique experience, especially like in a city like Charlotte, that's really like lately really embracing these unique experiences in food. Um, yeah, people you know, want that. People want yeah, that shit. They're yeah. Gonna, like they've never had. Like Charlotte's never had that, so it's gonna be interesting for. But the thing is, it it's so close to brisket, like it is Texas brisket. It's Jewish brisket. Yeah, that's what it is. And I say I told people this. So so pastrami is like Jewish barbecue. Matzo ball soup is Jewish chicken and dumplings, but we just use a thinner broth and lighter dumplings. And then uh, like a knish is mashed potatoes and pastry. I mean that's. You can't get on board with that. Yeah. And you're Southern. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, noodle kugel. It's basically mac and cheese in a, in, in a convoluted kind of way. Um, potato lakas or hash browns. Yeah. Um, like, everything's got a tie. It's just how do we how do we bridge that gap and make people understand it and then do some other cool stuff in the meantime? Um, I am very excited. So the black and white cookies – our thing and that's yeah. pretty uh, people get really jazzed about that uh and they're delicious the ones yeah you make thank are you thank you um we're really proud of them hannah hannah really so we started with frankie doing them my wife and then when she told me to figure it out i'm not a pastry chef <laughs> smart woman um we we brought on hannah and hannah 
made them much prettier than when I was trying to decorate them. <laughs> it was like not strictly black and white. It was like kind of there was a lot of gray area in yeah. the middle. It's <laughs> just a mix and a random wobbly line. So so we've definitely solved that. Um, and yeah, I mean it's it's really it's exciting. It's and this is Hannah from Moonbox. She was yeah she was. This working. is your pastry chef. Yeah. Yeah, so supposed she to be does, on, but you were like, you kicked her off. No, I didn't kick her off. Um, <laughs> no, I didn't kick her off. Um, <laughs> I'm joking. So, that was a joke. That was a joke. Yeah, if make, you listen. you make me sound terrible. Um, <laughs> we'll have Hannah on separately. Yeah, exactly. Have Hannah on separately because I think the thing is, is like you know me, I have a tendency to take over a conversation, and I want I like better do it separate. Yeah, I think Hannah deserves her own hour of people getting to know her because Hannah does a lot of really cool stuff. She has a really great story um, that, that far surpasses what she's been doing with Meshuggah. Um, and I think to just only talk about her in the lens of Meshuggah isn't really fair to her. Um, I mean, she's, by the way, so while I'm out of town, Hannah's going to be doing some Moonbox pop-ups. So if you want to check out what Hannah does, you can follow Moonbox Bakes on Instagram and yeah. early plug. So what other pastries is she going to be doing for Meshuggah? Um, so her rugula is maybe the best oh. rugula. I think her rugula is my favorite thing that she makes. Um, I, I've yet to, to have rugula like that. Like I grew up with like the spiral, like looks like a croissant rugula. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. I guess the place that was nearby me, that's what they did. Um, that's more of a like Israeli thing, um, than a Ashkenazi thing, I guess. I don't know. There's a big debate at that but she does those they're they're really great um super flaky crunchy sweet savory the thing i love about hannah's pastries are are she understands how to use salt in desserts um so like you don't have like cloyingly sweet things everything's balanced which is so like it i guess rare is the easiest like it's just you you see so many places that just like it's good, but like you can have like two bites and you're just like, man, this is too much. Um, and you know, she, everything she does has balance, which is amazing. Like her, her cakes that she's been doing, um, she does like these like birthday cakes and stuff. Like when people are reaching out asking about them, they're crazy. She did like a peanut butter chocolate cake for a pop-up a while ago. That was awesome. Um, and I'm a big peanut butter guy. Uh, and then also like she's been really fine tuning Hala. Um, that's going great. Uh, and I so think going to be in charge of the bagels. So the bagels is more of a collaborative thing. The reality of the situation is the, <laughs> the, the food that I do is a lot more passive, like making pastrami is time more than anything. Um, making pickles it just sits like there's whereas the baking is very hands-on and so i'm talking with hannah all the time about the bagels but um like i kind of i don't want to put all that on her because that's crazy to ask somebody to do um so the development of the bagel will be more of a collaborative thing and then um but the responsibility of who's making it won't fall solely on hannah at all um, I'll be very hands-on in that. I think ultimately, like in a perfect world, we'll find someone who loves making bagels and they'll become our bagel person and they'll like become their 
passion. I don't know. I mean, you or maybe it'll just be me just clunking away so, at bagels every day. I don't know. Um, are you a you bagel know, purist? Like, do, do we believe in just like plain sesame poppy? I don't. I don't do sweet. I don't. I don't understand it. I think it's weird. Um, if you want sweet, get a donut. That's my point of view. Um, I don't. Or like, I, I mean. My kid, my kids don't even know their sweet bagels. Like they've never had a sweet bagel. They eat everything poppy seed, plain. Like that's what they get. That's all that we ever bring in, bring into the house. We don't even do. Um, I think, yeah. Like I'm, I'm all about say bagels. To me, are savory. Bagels are not meant to be bacon, egg, and cheese. That's just me. Um, bagels, cream cheese, smoked fish, and something salty, briny. Whether it be pickled like a, a capers or red onion, like whatever, whatever tickles your fancy. I'm not a big tomato on a bagel person. Although when you get really great tomatoes, I can see the appeal, but it, it's kind of, the texture is weird. Um, and I'm also an open face bagel. Like I, I believe in an open face bagel and I don't, I personally don't like toasted bagels. Um, oh, that, that's a Russ and daughters thing. They won't toast the bagel. Yeah. So it's actually, so in developing this bagel, I think what we're going to do is what we're going to call, um, and don't, this, I'm not getting held to this, but this is where we're at today. Um, what is today? June 19th, 2021. I don't know when it will drop, but Probably as of two years. T- yeah, right. After the restaurant's already out of business, <laughs> right? Um, so, uh, this will be an immemorial. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're going to, I want I've been working on this thing called a double baked bagel, right? So, Meaning we bake the bagels and instead of opening them up and toasting them, we just pop them in the oven um, and warm up the outside. Because the reason is, so the beauty of a bagel is you have this, with a really well done bagel, is you have this very crisp exterior that's got texture to it. And then you have this beautiful soft chew in the inside. But when you cut it open and toast it, you basically create the same texture all around the bagel. And so me, I'm very into textures with food. I think it's very important. And even though it's just a bagel, I think thinking about these things and understanding that by cutting it open and crisping up the edges, I understand why people might like that because a day-old bagel sucks if you don't toast it. But I've tried it, and we're not going to serve day-old bagels or anything, but I've tried with like a day-old, two-day-old bagel. If you heat it up, it kind of retains its its uh, initial qualities when it comes right out of the oven. Um, and then, so like talking about other people in town doing bagels, like Verdant, who we get bread from, and Team Rose Bread, who we've also gotten some bread from. Like they both do bagels, and they do really good bagels. They're sourdough, both of them. It's like a, it's a different thing altogether. Um, but I'm like obsessed I obsessed with Team Rose. Yeah, so we went, I actually went, and um, I think it was on my birthday, so on the 12th, last last week. I went and uh, picked up some bagels, and Doug, he he's like, here, he's like, he gave me like a fresh Zatar bagel out of the oven. He's like, eat this out of the oven, it's so good. And like, it, it is. It's like getting a fresh bagel out of the oven is something different. And like, I recently listened to, I've been cheating on Scallion Pancake with this podcast from LA called uh, Air Jordan, um, and they talk a lot yeah, about I've been posting a lot. It's fine. That's all right. I miss you. So I had to find someone else talking about yeah. food. So he's another Jew. He's in L.A. though. Um, but he they were talking with uh, I, I went back and listened. Have you heard of this courage bagel thing no. in L.A.? 
So apparently that's like the catalyst of that whole thing, like L.A. versus New York, the bagel thing. Um, I didn't know was, there was a competition. Oh, well, there was like an article that said California has better bagels than New York. Oh. Um, it was like a big. Was a that big, an Onion article? No, it was like, uh, I think it was in like the the New York Times or, oh. or, or one of the big. Food Not to doodle that, but that sounds like a. It was, in, it was, it was crazy. It, like it was, uh, but the catalyst of it was Courage Bagels being this like up and coming like you know um the guy who started serious eats um the he he wrote a book about bagels um i forget his name off the top of my head but like he even said he's like this is the best bagel in america um oh and it's this place called courage bagels why did and i not so, know about this so they it right now they do they won't talk about how they do it like they do not talk about it but what they do is like the same idea is like they serve their bagels right out of the oven. Um, and so for us, we're not like when we open, we're not going to have bagels seven days a week. Like we're not a bagel shop. We're going to do the bagels on the weekends and we're going to try and serve them hot. Um, and kind of like get people to get the best interpretation of what our bagel can be. Like fresh out of the oven is when you get them. Like we're going to bake them and this be baking them throughout the day on Saturday and Sunday is the plan um and they they do it and theirs is again it's a different kind of bagel like we're not going to do a sourdough bagel um because i think there's it's a different flavor profile when people say charlotte doesn't have bagels i think a lot of that is they're looking for that northeastern style bagel and so we want to kind of pay homage to that but also create our own thing um and so I don't know. I'm gonna have I'm gonna call you when when there's some test test batches and get your opinions. Well, because who do you honestly, think has the best bagel in New York? Oh man. Um, again, I think it's it's very subjective, right? It depends on what you like. The best one, I think, and this is this might throw people off. The again, it's been this is part of why we're going up there. It's been like six years. Yeah. The last, the best one, I think, at Sedell's. They don't the bagels are not the focus. It's the smoked fish, right? So they give you like like a tower of smoked fish. It's insane. And their bagels, they make small bagels that are their bread service. And they did like th- those bagels are ridiculous. I think black seeds really good, but they're like a different it's more of a Montreal style bagel. I think H and H is up there. And then I also think pick a bagel is really good too. Pick a bagel. Pickle bagel crushes. <laughs> Pickle bagels like Pick a bagel. That's Frankie exposed me to pick a bagel because that's what she like. Her aunt lives. I've been to pick a bagel. Yeah, and it's like, but that's like that big, like spongy, yeah. like ridiculous bagel. And so it's like each bagel is so different, um, but they're all New York, right? So it's like I don't. We went to Essa Bagel. I was very like, I was like, okay. Oh, that's where I used to go all the time. It just was like I don't think it was a two-hour wait bagel. And that's what we did. We waited in yeah. line for two hours. I was like, what? This better be the best bagel ever. Like, it's a bagel. Like, And if, to wait two hours for a bagel, like, I hope no one ever has to wait two hours for our bagels. And if they do, we better make sure it's the best bagel they've ever had. Um, that's kind of the way it I didn't I, live I, up to the expectations. Yeah, it was just, I mean, it, it was a good bagel. Don't get me wrong. It's just like, I get, I get why it's such a, like, institution and why everybody loves it. Um, but, you know, kind of, I'm, I'm excited to to go um to go back where there's a couple places in brooklyn i've never tried that i've heard are really good um 
So uh, I'll be posting and documenting all this on the Meshuggah Instagram. Everything we I'm going to I'm going to kind of post Are either you going to the co-bar. So if we can get a reservation, um, you don't, yes. they don't take reservations there. Oh, for the bar. Oh, yeah. then. Then yeah, probably. Just we, go to the bar. Where we're staying is like two two blocks away. So even if Frankie doesn't want to go, I'll probably sneak out at like ten yeah, o'clock. They're, they're open till like one, I think. Yeah, I don't. Everything's weird right now with like the reservations. Like people aren't taking reservations more than like a week and a half out. Yeah. Um, like COVID kind of made. You, I'm sure you know, like eating and traveling is super difficult now where it used to be so easy. Yeah. You just had to set an alarm and make sure you get a seat. Um, but now it's like you have to like navigate like who's open this way and that way. And yeah, are they open inside? Or are they not? Um, we're doing Contra. So that's I'm excited about that. I've never been to Contra. I've heard it's never like, been there either. I've heard it's awesome. I heard um, they, that. You're doing what's it called dirt, dirt candy? So we're doing dirt candy. We're doing yeah. contra. That one's supposed to be amazing, dirt candy. Yeah. Um. So it's actually really cool. So they do an eighty-five dollar taste. Right? What's that? Isn't dirt candy in the Lower East Side? Yeah. Yeah. And they do um they do an eighty-five dollar five course tasting menu with a bunch of like snacks. It says, um, but it's all vegetables. Yeah. Right. So it's it's vegetarian and ve- like vegetarian and or vegan. Um, you have to ask for vegan, but um. And like to get a tasting menu in New York, and it's like from what I've heard and read and listened to, like it's on par with everybody else's um, in terms of like just pure like deliciousness. But for an eighty-five dollar tasting menu in New York, that's yeah, like that's unheard really of. Cheap. Like, um, and then we're actually before we get to New York, we're gonna be in Providence visiting my wife's family. So we're going to a friend of mine who I've known forever um, is a sous chef at a place called Gracie's in Providence. Um, so we're going there and uh you check them out it's called grace on instagram it's like at gracie's prov like their stuff looks crazy i'm excited about that um it's uh it's no, it's a, be, yeah we're, sounds we're, amazing. and then we're doing frankie wants the chicken parm at quality italian so we're doing that i've never been so it looks like a giant pizza it's pretty crazy uh, <laughs> so we're going all in you know i haven't i haven't been able to go out and eat and Let's go. I feel like two years. It's crazy. Okay, so tell, so give us a timeline on Machina. What are we looking yeah. at? When can people get these, this, get this pastrami yeah. line going? So you can get, so so you can get pastrami in July. We'll start selling pastrami again. Um, so I've got pastrami that I'm gonna get. Are you cooking. still doing the pop-ups at Free Range? We're doing pop-ups all over the place. So we're gonna be doing. Um, I've been talking to Free Range to try and organize another one. It's been a while since we've been over there. What what kind of happened is. We started getting a bunch of publicity and people just started reaching out saying, hey, do you want to do a pop up? And while we were kind of navigating where we were going to end up, I wanted to like go to different neighborhoods and, and see like where the crowds would be better or worse. Yeah. Um, and honestly, Noda is really expensive. So Noda was never really in the picture um, for for what we were trying to do. Um, and it kind of we, we've been we're going to try and do some something with free range again soon. Um, we've been doing stuff with not just coffee. Um, we're, so we're going to be at that J street market on July 10th, um, which has a bunch of awesome people there selling food. Team Rose is there. Bird Pizzeria is there. Uh, Kia with milk glass pies there. Honey bear bake shops there. It's crazy. We're there. Um, bunch of like craft people are there. Uh, but then starting on July 16th, we're going to be doing um, lunch prop pop-ups on Fridays 
with Petty Thieves, which is literally next door to where we're going to be. So people can get used to coming to where we're going to be for where to eat our food. Um, and then the cool thing is we're actually going to do two beers with a collaborative beer with uh, Petty Thieves for that first one on the 16th. So I don't know if they want me to announce what they're going to be at. Maybe yeah, I'll just do it. They'll yell just at me. Just do it. We're doing a pastrami beer. Like a oh. pastrami flip. No, no, no. There's no meat in it. It's like black pepper, coriander, um, mustard seed, and it's it'll be awesome. Don't 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 say bleh. It'll be great. And then we're gonna do a uh, call it like pastrami spice or something. Yeah, they they have a better name for it. That's probably why they don't yeah, want me to that's announce good. it. Yeah, pastrami spiced beer. And then the other one is a chocolate vodka stout. Oh. Yeah. So uh, um, sounds better. We don't have specific that's names good. for them yet, as far as I know. But uh, those guys are famous when you have your own beer. Well, we're not famous. I tell people all the time. I'm I'm known. Famous means you have money. Known means you people have heard of you. Yeah, I don't um, know about that. <laughs> you're famous, if anybody. Yeah, um, God no. Then uh, yeah, saying. so not famous. Yeah. <laughs> Jason <laughs> Ackerman, That's investor true. in Mashugana. Yeah. You know, no. He's he's out. Too much. You don't uh, shit where you eat, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I don't shit ever, so. Uh, that's. <laughs> People don't know Jews don't shit, so. I don't know if they knew that. <laughs> and yeah, that and the horn thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, not real, but the oh, shitting is real. Yeah. Okay. The non-shitting. <laughs> yeah, and um, so, but yeah, our timetable for opening, we're looking at uh, fall. You know, we'd love to say October. Realistically, I think we're looking at November. Hanukkah is November 28th. If I have anything to say about Sounds it, like Lakapalooza will be rocking out. Lakapalooza, um, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, we're gonna we're so gonna be end, going crazy towards with, the end of the year. That'll be great. Yeah, yeah. You can also, are you still doing your Kickstarter? So yeah, we are. Um, it didn't work out exactly as we had planned, but um, so I have to do a Kickstarter. Well, you know, honestly, I never really wanted to ask people for money. I didn't really like the idea of asking for it. A lot of the reason for doing the Kickstarter was more of a kind of to talk about how crazy it is to try and open a restaurant and like how hard it is when to to be someone like me who goes from being unemployed to opening a restaurant is not easy to do um, financially. And so it gave us a great opportunity to talk about that stuff. And like the media, like local media had no so problem. So you can't get your name on the wall anymore? Oh, you can. So that's what's going to happen. So if we don't hit the goal, which we're about 100 grand short. So if, <laughs> if, if anybody listening wants to throw 100 grand in there, then this is all a moot point. We can delete it. Um, but uh, yeah, if we, don't hit the, if we don't hit the goal, it's actually probably going to work out better for everybody. So what we're going to do is... If and when we don't hit that goal, I'm going to email everybody who uh, who contributed. And all those things that we offered, we're just going to put up for sale through our website. And so you can just go direct through us. And then what actually happens is I just have to pay taxes. I don't have to pay Kickstarter. So, in a, so, in a, need, so you're saying we need to just wait. Just wait. Yeah. I mean, well, I'd say I need my name on the wall for sure. You can get your name on the wall, but we're going to we're going to definitely do all those things. We're still going to have the celebrity wall. I mean, all that all that gear that we. Yeah. Well, I have to have my name on the wall. Well, I was thinking we got to figure out a sandwich to name after you. Oh, my God. This is, like, do a, we 
do we want to? Okay, here's what I. Does it need to be an Ackerman or does it need to be the scallion pancake? Is the question. Okay, it needs to be an Ackerman, for sure. And here's what it needs to be. So, this is how I do my bagel sandwich, Mm -hmm. and it's it's a little weird because I don't like cream cheese. Yeah. So I do bagel, lots, fresh mozzarella, onions, mustard. That is fucking weird as shit. So fresh mozzarella instead of the cream cheese. <laughs> so and it's fucking delicious. So and it's like Action Bronson does that bagel with cheese thing. It's like that. Because that's what he does. He did the polio mozzarella on a sesame bagel. It's like in his cookbook. Uh, fuck, that's delicious. I love Action Bronson. I didn't know about this uh, yeah. thing. So, yeah. Wait, tell me and again. Okay. Fresh mozzarella. It's yeah. basically just you replace the fresh mozzarella, the cream cheese with the fresh mozzarella, onions, lots, and then I like to put mustard on it too. Like spicy mustard or yellow mustard? Spicy mustard. Wow. All right. Locks. Like now when you talk about locks, you're talking like the hard, like the, the Nova, or are you talking like the light, like locks? Like the dark red, like sockeye salmon, Nova, like or are you I talking know, I like the lighter, the, I like the less, the, the cured, not smoked. Yeah, well, I like them both, but yeah, I, I like the softer. Yeah, for okay. sure. Like when I go, when I go to Rust and Dyers, I get the salmon belly. Yeah, oh, it's the best. Uh, that's the you best. Gotta get, so, so the thing I'm most excited for, you asked about excitement, like sable, yeah. like making oh, yeah. sable and that's doing. My dad, that's my dad. My dad loves the sable. So, so I call myself for the restaurant the head mensch. Um, you know, I don't, I told, I don't like being called chef. I get really upset when people call me chef. It bothers the shit out of me. Um, and uh, you know, I have a name. But so, as a kind of middle finger to everyone trying to call me chef, I just call myself the head mensch. Um, and uh, the sandwich called the mensch is what I like to get when I go to a deli, which is tongue, pickled tongue and chopped yeah. liver. It's like a coronary waiting to happen with mustard and, and like shaved onion on rye. Yeah, I like, I like tongue oh, too. I love it. And it's, I so, don't know if my sandwich is going to sell per se. That's fine. It will because it's, you know, so there's, uh, we need it to sell. It, I'm going to be disappointed will. if it doesn't sell. I think maybe we keep the fine. mustard off. We, oh, optional mustard. That's weird. I love it. Let's it's try weird. it. I'll tell you what, we can do. We can try it. <laughs> we can try I mean, it. It's, it's, the only thing you probably have to have is fresh mozzarella that you don't and have. And we're calling it, well, I can get that from uh, UAV. Yeah. I'll get mozzarella from them and we'll, we'll make it happen. I just talked to them. We're going to be, so like we're trying to figure out how to carry their cream cheese to be our cream cheese um, for the for the restaurant. So, um, and then blintzes, man, I'm so excited to do blintzes. It's like, Man, I just I love it. It's gonna be amazing. Everyone, so basically Jewish what I'm hearing is emporium. what I'm hearing is don't do the Kickstarter. Wait till he stops, and then you can get your anything on the Kickstarter you wanted, and it'll save Rob some money. Um, let's and we follow you on. Uh, okay, here's here's the one problem I have. The way you spell Mashudina, I don't know. Let me explain. There's a reason. Explain this because like it's impossible to find when you're trying to search for it. All right. So, Meshugana, the way we spell it, is not the way you spell it traditionally. Yeah, exactly. The thing is, it's a Yiddish word, and Yiddish 
translated to English is there's never going to be accurate spelling. So when I thought of the name Meshuggah, I the first thing I did is went to find a domain name, and the only spelling of Meshuggah that was available was this. So that <laughs> became the way we spe- spelled it. And then, by chance, this wonderful mensch named Joe Kopitz happened to have the Instagram handle at Meshuggah, the same way we spelled it. And I messaged him after we had been Meshuggah underscore CLT forever. I messaged him and he, he like just handed over the the Instagram handle. That's awesome. It was, it That's was, so it nice. was, it was amazing. Um, and so it's M-E-S-H-U-G-G-A-N-A-H. And then I like to say after I spell it to people, I say, it's a mouthful. <laughs> and that became a marketing. And I love your branding that you've done. Yeah. You have like a really cool brand. It's gonna be cool. Just keep searching Machetina on Instagram until you find it because It'll, it's not spelled any other way. So just, just just search my name. I'm all I'm lately like you just search search Rob Clement Jewish and you'll find Mashugana. <laughs> you'll also find his uh yeah, his yeah, mudshot. You'll, you'll see my but, bar mitzvah pictures. Yeah. Um and uh you know, our branding, by the way, since you mentioned it, just quick shout out to Chris Cristiano. He is uh, actually the design director at uh, Bon Appetit magazine. Yeah, I saw that. Branding. That's sick. He's, he's badass. How'd you, um, how'd you hook that up? So this could be a whole nother episode. Um, so my my business partners, these folks called Plate and Glass, uh, Stacy and Robbie Harding as a married couple. I went to summer camp with Stacy um, years ago. Um, they, so Stacy, they both had long careers in New York um, and all over. Um, Stacy worked for people like Tom Colicchio and Marcus Samuelson. Um, Robbie was a big part of uh, Mama Fuku for a while. Um, he worked with quality brands and, and Hillstone, um, some pretty big roles with those companies. And they kind of know everybody. Um, and so as we started growing, they came on board, they called some friends and some, some people they had worked with in the past and, you know, people were into what we were doing and they wanted to be a part of it and they've, they've agreed to help and in multiple ways. And, and it's been pretty amazing. I don't think anything, I will say nothing, nothing we've been doing while I, while I have no problem being the face of it and, and, uh, selling myself out to every media outlet on the planet, um, at the same time, like none of this is even close to possible without uh, all these people who have been helping out and buying into what we're trying to do here. So, and there'll be a lot more people involved very soon. So, keep an eye out. We'll be hiring soon. So that's that's super, super exciting. I did get you your accountant. You did, and I tell you, Justin is the best. Okay, I'm glad you liked him. I He's, love him. He's he loves I doing restaurants. Would... I stay away from restaurants since restaurants yeah. is my hobby. I try not to get in that but i'm so glad that you liked him and uh are there like client patient privilege with accounting because <laughs> you should ask him I, w- I wonder what he says about me no I'll talk. we actually he, do a meeting because he uses the same software we use yeah. a lot, so we normally meet up once a month what zero so, yeah zero yeah so reason, yeah. <laughs> so i'll get uh i'll get the full lowdown it's, i'm curious what he, he thinks because he's always he likes you yeah, he's always laughing. He's always laughing. He thinks I'm insane. I was like, I am insane. He's yeah. like, you're nuts, but I... Up a restaurant. That's yeah, well, I think, you know, 
we can't it can't be all bad stuff. We need some good stories. We need people. No, there's a lot of good stories. There are. We need more of it though. We need more people going for it. I see that's that's a good thing that's going on in Charlotte. There's a lot of young whippersnappers making names for themselves. I'm excited about it. Yeah. All right. This has been amazing. So everyone, go follow Mashugana on Instagram so you can. That's where they post where all their stuff's going on. And uh, go to their pop-ups. If you haven't had their pastrami, it's fucking good. But honestly, I'm excited for this hot pastrami. Is it? So rank it. Cats, Langers, Meshuggah. Just come on, go for it. It's different because you don't have the hot pastrami yet. Like the when once you get the hot pastrami, then I'll rank it. But yours is very good for the cold pastrami. Well, well, now it's not even cold. We figured out how to keep it hot. Well, you should come out to a pop-up, Jason. I know. I I feel bad. Um, It's okay. Are we not doing the best thing we had been prepping for this all week? Yes, 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 yes. yes. Sorry. Sorry. It's okay. I was stressed out about it earlier in the day. What's up? Okay. Let's end on that. What's the best thing you ate? All right. So we went to Lamb's the other night. Yeah. Lamb's Kitchen in, in Matthews. Um. That's where we, we, we've been talking about going there together for a while. Yeah. Well, let's go. They're open. They're open. They got their new spot. There's plenty of places to sit. Before, it used to be tough. When I get back from, when I get back from out of town, Frankie and the kids won't be here for a couple of weeks. Let's go get, let's go get some yeah, Chinese done. food. Because Frankie doesn't get down with some of the stuff I eat over there. Um, <laughs> uh, but I had, so usually I get, um, they have this like, it's like basically a version of salt and pepper, whatever. Um, where they bread it and like have this seasoning that's got like kind of that like Szechuan peppercorn with some sweet and salty and this, but I got the shrimp. So they're head on prawns, oh. head on, tail on, the shell on, the whole thing. And they bread them and fry them and, and they serve them with these like chi- Thai, some sort of chili peppers and, and scallions. And God, it's so, it's so good. That would be the best thing I, I bought. But I'll tell you the, uh, this is, this is has nothing to do with me, even though we made it. The beet cured trout toast thing we made, that was Verdance Borodinsky bread, which is their Russian rye, UAV cream cheese, and then we just cured some uh, some trout um, from Sunburst Farms with beets, and we used the onion. We pickled onions from Boy and Girl Farm, and so. Really, I didn't do anything. I put salt and sugar and beet juice on trout, and that was all. That was my contribution to the party. Um, but that thing was killer, and mm. I was very excited about it. So I yeah, saw, too, a- you posted. You did some uh, dinner where you did a little yeah. black and white yeah. something. That was so that, really good. That was at the um, – I don't know how much longer you have, but I could – oh, man. The Chef Showdown, so the NCRLA Chef Showdown thing, um, we did a – so, you know, I've never done something like that before and I make sandwiches for the last year. So like I haven't plated food in a while. So I was like, I don't want to do some fancy plating. I just want to do something weird. And so we tried to make uh, a noodle kugel that looked like a black and white cookie. And I feel like we succeeded in that. Um, and so basically I made rye noodles with like rye flour. Um, we took UAV ricotta their everything ricotta and used it in the middle with uh, urban gourmet trumpet mushrooms and like seared those off and layered them almost like lasagna. So it was kugel, but it was also like kind of layered like lasagna and then made a bechamel sauce 
for one half for the white part and then made a black garlic and blueberry sauce, like a fermented blueberry sauce from blueberries I fermented last year um, and mixed that with the black garlic. And that was the black side. So there's black and white and we kind of covered it over the thing. It was crazy. Like that's, so that's like the next step. Meshuggah works out and it's going re- well, then we're going to get into some weird fine dining and try to like really take Jewish food to a weird space. Mm. Um, that's kind of like, that's the goal. That's, that's 2.0. That's our second. I love it. So, um, be on the lookout. The more, more pastrami you eat, more pastrami you eat, the crazier we'll get. So I love it. Anyway, what was the best thing you ate? Come on. You just had like 47 cookies this week. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. What did I eat this week? Okay. So I, we just went to Suarez and, and I had their Cuban. I've never had their Cuban before. Fucking good, but they make these croquetas. Ooh. Those are the best fucking croquetas I've ever had. Like a ham and cheese croqueta? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. As a Florida boy, that that's yeah, exactly. It, it, that's what it reminded me of. Man, I love I love a good so, croqueta. That was so good. All right, Rob, this has been amazing. It's been great. And uh, we'll see you in person soon. Absolutely, I can't wait. Tell Yvonne we say hello. We love her and we yeah. miss her. All right, All right. have a good week. Thanks, everyone.